Peace be with you. We, uh, I, we're going to have um, Lee do uh, the announcements this morning, but it just came to my attention um, from proud grandpa um, that uh, Linda Yabuki went into the hospital yesterday, and they think she may be in labor, but as you'll re- know, it's a little early, so we need to be praying for her and baby and Matt and uh, the girls uh, for this time. So um, we'll remember that, and maybe Ashley, you can mention that in your prayers there. And, uh, you know, this is the, Jesus said, this is, my Father's house is a house of prayer, and he hears us, and he answers us. So we'll lift up Linda and Matt and baby Yabuki um, throughout this, this prayer. So without further ado, Lee, would you come up and uh, do the uh, announcements for us? And he's moving quite, quite fine. He's the bionic man now. He's they rebuilt the knee, right? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Thank you, Lee. And good morning to all. Good morning. Uh, a lot of the stuff, of course, is, is uh, pretty much every week, and you can either already have it memorized or you can read it uh, when you've got time. Uh, the mission this month, however, is pretty important. Uh, it's for financial support for Harvest Ministries, which has to do with helping the fire victims in Maui. Um, your gifts will go to providing emergency medical care, medical care food, shelter, and gifts. Um, so... Um, it's, it's important. Uh, I know Sharon and I, we, we think the Red Cross does a good job on that too, so we got with them So for the same thing. Um, Tuesdays, of course, you've got the usual sit and be fit for the uh, fitness class, which is perfect for seniors, or if you're not a senior, you can come anyway. And followed by, at noon, the Bible study. Uh, the sit and be fit is 10 a.m. Men's Bible studies on Saturday morning, uh, bright and early for some of us at 8 o'clock, and other people it's pretty late. So all the men are invited to that one. Donuts are served in case you want a, a good, healthy breakfast. Um, and some of the fun stuff, I think, uh, birthdays. We've got quite a few birthday people in September. Uh, Daryl just had a birthday this last week. Daryl, you're what, 43 now, 44? 44, okay. And uh, Rosalie and Sharon, both are on September 8th. They are twins. They were not only born the same day, but the same year, about six, six hours apart. So Sharon is the baby sister of the twins. Um, uh, who else is here? Is Iris here? No. Um, Joan, no, she's in Montana. Matt Yabuki, uh, well, we, we know where he's at right now. And Tracy is going to have a birthday towards the end of the month. And you'll be, what, 28, 29? 30? Okay, well, all right. You're going to admit the whole thing. All right, I didn't want to do that. Anyway, um, that, that's the main things, I think. And like I said, read, uh, read the rest of it if you want to. There are quite a few things going on on a regular basis that uh, we would like to have as many people attend as can when they can. So anyway, uh, Ken, Ashley, anything else uh, that's not on there? Okay, all right. Thank you. And if anybody cares, my knee is doing well. It's getting better. So <laughs> about two weeks ago, I didn't know. And then uh, about a week ago, I decided, you know what? I'm going to live. So just deal with it. You know, so it's getting better now. Thank you. 
And then one last uh, announcement is um, you'll notice over here, I'm going to point at our Carol Butler is back. So I'm sure you've been, but yay, right? And um, just to let you know, I think about you just about every three weeks. Yes, because I go and see a mutual friend named Ken Baden. And Ken Baden has a dog who is a Shibu Inu, right? And Ken's dog was named after the pastor before me, Pastor Russ. And so um, uh, Russ the dog greets me at the door every time. And Russ still responds to, hey, Russ, you want to go to the church? And his ears perk up and, and all of that. So every three weeks I get to see both Ken and Russ and think of you and Pete. So welcome and it's nice to have you back. Today we have our uh, music is uh, recorded. Next week we'll have Diane uh, playing piano and organ for us and the following week we will have Nick back on the piano. So um, enjoy. Let us worship as unto the Lord.
Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the peace, whoops, sorry, for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. 
This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, from whom all good proceeds, grant to us, your humble servants, your holy inspiration, that we may set our minds on the things that are right and, by your merciful guiding, accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Okay, the first reading this morning is taken from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33, verses 7 through 9. And this can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1339. A couple of quick notes. Ezekiel follows Jeremiah. Ezekiel, Ezekiel is already in exile in Babylon. He's wealthy, he's well-educated, he's doing fine and God chose him to be a prophet and continued to tell the Jews that if they, uh, they repent, that Jerusalem will be restored. Also of significance, I find, uh, the title Son of Man is used, I think, 93 times in Ezekiel. It's, it's significant. It's a very significant title given from God to Ezekiel in this conversation. It's, the next time it's used, you'll note, is in the New Testament when Jesus refers to himself as Son of Man. Chapter 33, beginning with the seventh verse. Son of Man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. 
So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade them from their ways, that wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person to turn from their ways, and they do not do so, they will die for their sin, though you yourself will be saved. Next, we'll read from Psalm 32, verses 1 through 7. We read responsively, and it's printed in your bulletin on page 6. David is praising God for hearing and answering prayers and confession of sins. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 13, verses 1 through 10. And this can be found on page 1764 in the Pew Bible. This is a tough reading, um, but it's also one that should remind us that God's plan is perfect and it may not be something we look forward to in the present, but ultimately God's plan is always good for us. Romans chapter 13, beginning with the first verse. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants, who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, 
than honor. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another, for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is Matthew chapter 18 verses 1 through 20 and can be found on page 1526 in your pew Bible. Matthew records, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly, I tell you, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble. It would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep, and one of them wanders away. 
Will he not leave the 99 on the hill and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. If your brother or your sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. And if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. This is the gospel of the Lord Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus because nothing good comes from any other source. The gospel that um, we just heard from Matthew 18 is very rich in a wide variety of, of topics. It's the serious nature of sin, the generosity of God's forgiveness, the love that God has for his little ones, and the serious consequences of leading his little ones astray. And of all these topics, the one topic that seems to underlie most of the Lord's teaching in Matthew 18 is the topic of Christ's little ones. Matthew 18 begins with one of those teachable moments in which the disciples, they plant their feet firmly in their mouths as they ask Jesus a question. At that time, we read, at that time the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You know, this, this question tells us that the disciples just don't get it. They are still trying to figure out which post that they are going to hold or have in Jesus' cabinet 
once he takes over. And Jesus' teaching diffuses this kind of thinking. And calling to him, we read, he put in him, put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You notice that Jesus didn't choose one of his disciples. He chose a child. Here Jesus teaches that the one who is humble like a child is the greatest in the kingdom. And as we proceed through the rest of Matthew 18, Jesus expands on his teaching about children. He says, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. This is pretty serious. The type of millstone that Jesus is describing here, this millstone required a donkey to make it move. It had to weigh at least a ton. And Jesus said, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels always see, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. And even as Jesus tells the story of searching for the one lost sheep out of 100, he tells us, so it is not the will of the Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. When Jesus talks of little ones, he is, of course, talking about those who are biologically young, children. But even so, we can also apply that Jesus says that he's talking about those that are young in the faith. That is, new believers, no matter what their age. And God has always given a high priority to learning his word and in passing that word on to the next generation. And in Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9, we read, These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way, and when you drive in your car, no, I didn't say that, but, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And then again in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, it says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from you from it. 
And again, Matthew, verse 20, or chapter 28, verse 19 through 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So what value did the early church place on the teaching of things of God? In Acts 20, we have an example of a church service that lasted from sundown to daybreak. Of course, the Apostle Paul was the preacher. And even so, this indicates the hunger that the people had for, for God's word. Now, I've had an opportunity over the years to speak with pastors and professors who had experiences with mission, missionary work throughout various countries. And there was a young man that I uh, knew who had told me of some time that he spent in Malawi. It was a short mission trip that he had taken while he was enrolled at Concordia down in Irvine. And he told me that the passion the people had for pursuing a relationship expressed, expressed itself as a hunger for God's Word. Well, how was it expressed? We said the study of God's Word was a daily discipline at school and in the home. And what was most shocking to me was that Sunday services were not an hour and 15 minutes. Nope, the Sunday services lasted all day on Sunday in Malawi. That's remarkable. And so today we're going to do that. Uh, you know I'm teasing. Let me ask you this. How long was your catechesis when you went through confirmation? How long was it? I see three. I see three. Very good. When I was thinking about this, I said I was going to say one year. No, nobody here did one year. You guys have been around for a while. Probably not two years. Maybe some people had two years. But for the most part, it was three years or more. So why did things change? There was a time... There was a time when Lutheran pastors would be admonished for preaching less than an hour. And when I was first starting, prior to my call here at Reformation, I was admonished by a congregant for a proclamation that was 28 minutes and 39 seconds long. It was fully... Eight minutes and 39 seconds too long. Yes, he timed it. Much has changed. Much has changed from those days. In modern times, often we hear that practices, games of football, volleyball, track, baseball, or some other sports compete 
for the time spent in the Word. At my church prior to coming here, parents had actually told me that they could not come to church because they could not get their child to practice on time if they went to church first. This is a problem that is throughout this nation. People claim to be Christians, but few attend a church service regularly, and even a much smaller group attends a Bible class regularly. So what are the results of starving the soul this way? Well, the Barna Research Group, they collect statistics on religious trends around the world. And if you want to know what I think about statistics, we'll do it in the privacy of my office, but Mark Twain had an idea on statistics. But this is worthy of sharing right now. At Barna Research, they say that half of all Americans, about 52%, now believe that Jesus sinned during his life here on earth. Further, 56% of Americans believe that Satan is real. However, in the same survey, 49% were not entirely sure that God exists. Three-quarters of Americans believe that salvation depends to some degree on a person's own good works and not entirely on the grace of God. Now, David Kinneman, who is a majority owner of Barna Group, he wrote this. This is a quote from him. Most Americans do not have a strong and clear belief, largely because they do not possess a coherent biblical worldview. That is, that they lack a consistent and holistic understanding of their faith. Millions of Americans say that they are personally committed to Jesus Christ, but they believe he sinned while on earth. Many believers claim to trust that what the Bible teaches, and they reject the notion of a real spiritual adversary, or they feel that faith-sharing activities are optional. Millions feel personally committed to God, but they are renegotiating the the definition of that deity. In fact, for some reason, or one reason why beliefs fluctuate is that most Americans hold few convictions about their faith. For instance, even among those who disagree with orthodox views, many do do so while hedging their bets. Most Americans have one foot in the biblical camp and one foot outside it. They say they are committed, but to what? They are spiritually active, but to what end? The spiritual profile 
of American Christianity, he concludes, is not unlike a lukewarm church, the church of Laodicea, that the Bible warns about. Well, we the church must confess that we are lukewarm. We do not study God's word as we should. We have not confessed our faith to our children. We have not seen to it that, our, that we or our children get the daily requirement of God's word. You know, actions speak louder than words. And with our actions, we have taught our children that God gets our leftover time instead of the first fruits of our day. We have led Christ's little ones astray, and we deserve worse than drowning in the deepest sea with a millstone around our neck. Between our poor confession and our non-existent example, is it any wonder, is it any wonder that our kids sometimes tell us that God is not that important to them? Is it any wonder that recent generations search for a church based on the entertainment value of the music instead of the church's faithfulness to Christ Jesus and him crucified? Is it any wonder that when our children get jobs in other towns, they don't bother to become members of a local church? Is it any wonder that children get confirmed and we never hear from them again? We all deserve eternal punishment for the way that we have not passed our faith onto the next generation. What is to become of us? Well, thanks be to God and the Lord Jesus Christ who invites us to become like little ones ourselves. Jesus does not let us drown with a millstone around our necks. Instead, he invites us to trust in him the way that little ones trust their beloved parents. He invites us to relax in him and to let him take the millstone onto himself. He reminds us to look at the cross and to see not only the millstone that we each deserve, but also the punishment for all our sins as well. He invites us to see that he is the Christ, the one who takes away our sin. And indeed, he is the Christ who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus Christ comes to us as the one who suffered and who died on the cross and who rose from the dead. He comes to us in his word. He also comes to us in the sacrament 
as he himself gives us his own body and blood in and with the bread and the wine. We are his little ones. We are, you are his precious little children. He has so much to share for us and share with us. He has so many gifts that he longs to give to us while we are alive here on this earth. And through his word, he continues to offer these gifts to us and to our children. He is ever ready to care for his little ones, both both the young and the old. In the name of Jesus, amen.
should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart, his wounds have paid my Please stand if you're able. Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. <clears throat> I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you as your children in the name of Jesus, your Son, to pray. Our hearts are grateful for your presence. Lord, we are thankful that when we confess our sins to you and to one another, bringing them to the light, that you help us overcome our weaknesses and you'll set us free to be forgiven and healed. Lord, we pray, send revival, change our hearts so that we would be a nation that would turn to you and your ways. We thank you for your word. Your word is truth and life giving. We need you, Jesus. We cannot do anything without your loving guidance. Father, we thank you that you are in control of all things, even the things that we don't understand. Your will is best. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and open hearts to know your truth, your beauty, and your peace despite the chaos that surrounds us. Quiet our anxious hearts and minds and let your word and your presence be more real than the world around us. 
We thank you that all things, even the hard things, bring us to a closer reliance and dependence upon you. You are our provider. You are our redeemer. You are our healer. We submit ourselves to you. Strengthen our faith, Father. Help us be obedient and a shining light in this dark world. Equip us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Pour out your Holy Spirit so that we can be strengthened to do all that you have called us to do, not in our own strength, Lord, but in yours. We cannot do anything apart from you. God, I pray that you would bless each person here and meet us at our point of need. You are so faithful. When we ask for your help and we seek you, we find you. Help us let go of the things that we hold on so tightly to, the things that we cannot control. We give you our burdens, Father, and we ask for your help. Lord, we lift up all who are going through trials, trouble, pain, loss, confusion, sickness, despair, suffering, and ask that you would send your healing word, Jesus, to wash over our hearts and minds. Father, give hope to the hopeless and salvation to those who do not yet know you. God bless those whom we name out loud or deep in our hearts. The Yubuki family, Linda, Matt, and Baby. Laura Farian. Laurel Jones. The Fredericksons. George Stallworth. Stanley, Ed and Sharon. Eldred, Jackie. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. We give you all of the glory, all of the honor. You are worthy of all of our praises. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. 
Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us together pray the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The sacrament of the altar, we believe as Lutherans, is a means of grace. We believe that it rescues us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. And if that is your confession, and I heard you confess Christ as Savior, then come, the table is prepared. The usher will bring you forward.
it is a temptation to proclaim the gospel, the law and the gospel. And then many pastors and my professors, I drove them crazy, adding a little law to it. And so I don't mean to do this, and I won't. I will give you the benediction, but after the benediction, um, there will be a little bit of a, uh, a pause, and then Louis is going to come and give us a, an update on it. So now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And Louis is going to give us an update on Jane. I apologize I didn't do this earlier. It's my fault. So thank you, Louis. So just a little update on Jane Longino. Last Friday, not this one, but the one before, she had emergency hernia surgery and was in the hospital until Thursday. She went through the surgery just fine and is absolutely amazing. Daryl was up visiting her every day in the hospital and she was getting out of bed and saying, I've just got to keep moving. I don't have any meat on these legs, so I'm marching on. And so she's doing well. On Thursday night, they sent her back to her apartment. She's uh, on hospice so that she gets just a little bit more help. And there is a nurse that stays with her through the night so that all goes well in there. We're not too sure, you know, how long her healing process is going to take because she's 92 and it was major surgery. But her son David is coming. He's flying in. He's here today and he's going to be visiting with her. He lives in Florida. So many prayers that that relationship goes really well and that David will come back and visit more, which would be a blessing. But she's doing great. She's at home, and we'll just keep praying that her healing process goes fast. Thank you. Thank you, Louie. Before you leave, so good. 